Yo, yo, yo. Welcome to an outside episode of yep. Football Without Hesitation. Uh, not only is it outside, you, you hear a second voice. I'm, I'm with a guest, which is, which is really rare. Um, I'm actually, I'm do the wrap-up episode with my girlfriend. Because okay. she, she pretty much came to every single game with me. Nice. And I kind of, I think I had too much to drink and I kind of let it out. Like, hey, why don't you do the, the epi- wrap-up episode with me? And she keeps bugging me for it. So, so the, another episode will have sound. But anyway, I'm sitting here with... This is, I don't know. This is pretty cool. But I'm, again, Quincy, Quincy Ameriqua <laughs> um, from the San Jose Earthquakes. I've yep. been talking about you and your team for a year and a half, and now I'm sitting here. Now I, was like, I got a list of complaints. Yeah. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> I'm, 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 to, I'm turning it on. Right? <laughs> I'm here to hear them, right? Yeah. You know, that's a free, free form. Like, Let's why see. haven't Go you guys it. paved the parking lot? <laughs> Do you get stuff like that, actually? I don't get... Have um, you ever got anything kind of like, dude, come on, really? We don't get any of those. We get a lot of the other stuff like, why isn't this person playing? Why Why aren't you playing? Why isn't this? Why is... I just look at it and I go, hey, if it I can control it, yeah, <laughs> it will be up to me one day. Hey, you can reference right. this later. When yeah. I own, when I own the earthquakes in the future, you can voice all these opinions to me, <laughs> and I will have an answer for you because I'll be in control of it, right? Dude, <laughs> it was up to me. My face would be on, on our jerseys. Yeah, like what are you talking about? <laughs> well, speaking of that, you do have those. Well, again, because I, 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 I had a whole flow. I wanted to get into the bit personal than than business yeah no, but, let's but do you whatever you want yeah well yeah well again owning the quakes i i'm definitely uh, we'll, we'll get into that uh-huh. first but but anyway yeah let's start with with the personal stuff the basic again okay. this whole podcast is about trying to introduce people more to the league and to the quake so hey some people might be like Quin- who's quincy like, exactly he might he might be the the water boy or something <laughs> you know like no he's not when, when needed you know yeah, right? water boy when needed Definitely an energetic cheerleader for sure. Yep. Um, but anyway, no, you, you, you've been playing for, for since two thousand nine, right? Yep. And originally yep. drafted by the San Jose Earthquakes. Yep. But you, you kind of went around the league. Yep. MLS champion in two thousand ten. Yep. Got traded around a bit. First trade was a good one. Ended up being on championship team, so got that out of the way really quick. All right. That that always, was that. How does that feel the first time we? Was the first trade versus the last time you came back to the Quakes? Did that feel different? Um, no, uh, but I guess I would have to say I kind of have a a weird perspective when it comes to those when it comes to those types of things. Um, I just look at everything as an opportunity, no matter what. So me getting traded away was an opportunity, and I took advantage of that. And me getting traded to the other teams was an opportunity. I took advantage of that, and me getting traded back was another <laughs> opportunity. You know, so um. I'm not one to complain. I just say, you know, your cards are your cards and you play them the best that you can. Yeah, and I, that's actually from knowing you these 15 or so minutes whatever we've been talking before and, <laughs> yeah. and from reading about you on, on your blogs and all that. That's actually exactly the answer I, I would expect from you. A very positive attitude. Yeah, you have a really, really positive attitude. Um, but yeah, anyway... We'll get into that later, but going way back, so okay. you're from Bakersfield. Yeah, Bakersfield, California. Yep. From Bakersfield, and you're of Nigerian yes. descent? Yep. And this is the one thing, and actually that's what I wanted to ask. I was like, dude, how do I frame that? Oh, okay. Ameriqua. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, yeah, what is, where is that from? Well, yeah, well, actually, so I'm, uh, I'm Nigerian, uh, German, and Native American. 
And uh, my father was born and raised in Oweri, Nigeria, and my mother was born and raised in Superior, Montana. So, um, oh, yeah. Damn. So Superior, Montana, a population like less than fifteen hundred, middle of middle of a really small town, and then uh, middle of Africa in the vi- village of Africa, and somehow yeah. they came together and they made me right. So, yeah. so Ameriqua is uh, Ibo uh, is my Ibo name or my Ibo family name, and then Obina is my middle name. Um, so that's my my African name. Oh, and I do Nigeria. I'm telling you, I, I that's my prediction for the next world superpower. I think. Well, they've got all the natural resources and stuff. They get everything uh, else together. They'll be they, okay. They have so much uh, startups, so much tech startups, and I don't know. Yeah. I'm telling people like, man, China's too socially restrictive. Man, they, they, they got all the power, but well, I, and I, I think I've it. I've seen a lot of um, outside Chinese investors are moving into Nigeria now as well too. I, there's a lot of just I think just kind of globalization of everything in terms of industry and I mean oh, that could go down a whole other right, path imagine, of other stuff. Yeah, yeah. So the Nigerian economy in 2012. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, but anyway, so yeah, so you're from Bakersfield. Yep. And have you been playing soccer? Your whole life, because that—that's the one thing. Looking at the, it seems like you went to you because you ended up playing at Davis. Yep. And but you were on a soccer scholarship. Yeah. Okay. Because see, that's why I couldn't find any kind of high school. Kind uh, of. Okay. So I um, so I've been playing soccer since I was three years old, just for fun. Um, there's a Nigerian league, Saturday Nigerian league, that um, uh, is there a community in Bakersfield? In Bakersfield, yeah, there's oh, a pretty wow. big Nigerian community, and um, they would host basically a weekly soccer game on Saturdays. Where it's it's like sixty versus sixty on just a yeah it's what? if you ever yeah if you ever Bakersfield on a on a Saturday come on out it's it, it's open it's open to anyone and everyone who wants to show up there's yeah. guys who've been going for years and years and years um it's a uh, 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 light shirts versus dark shirts so it's usually like a bunch of guys show up in white shirts so some guys have been on the white team for like 10 years and other guys really? have been on the, oh, yeah, on the black team for like 10 years and then you show up every single week uh weekend and talking trash and trying to win the game yeah. and it's yeah it's but it, it's not 11 just whoever no, shows up you no. got a white shirt you're yeah, on that team as soon you got as a black you show shirt, up, run onto the field and you're on the team and it's uh two small mini goals so it's like a three by two foot goal on both ends of the field and maybe at Early on, it's like 70 yards apart from each other. And then as more people show up, it ends up being like 120 yards apart from each other. Yeah. And you'll, there'll be guys there as young as 12 year old, 12 year olds. I mean, sometimes even seven year olds, all the way up to 75 year olds. It's fun. Yeah. It's like some guys are literally, there's like three defenders standing and sitting in front of a a two by three foot goal. (laughs) It's nearly impossible to score. It's nearly impossible to score in these games, but they're a lot of fun. And I, I, you know, that's how I kind of developed my skills over for a while. Cause yeah, well, yeah, yeah, that makes a whole hell of a lot of sense. Yeah, I guess I didn't think about it. That's probably why I'm, I'm so I'm a, I'm a hold up striker and I'm willing to fight and just a lot of energy and yeah. never give up because basically there's zero opportunity. There's zero chance for you to score in those games and to win the ball and you're playing against older guys. Um, so you just figure you work hard enough. You, you, you can figure it out. Yeah, that, yeah. that's actually really interesting because, yeah, growing up, same thing, you know, yeah. playing in the neighborhood. I live right across the street from a little pocket park, and we would play, and I would play with the older people. When I joined the league, everybody was like, dude, you're so freaking fearless. I was a keeper. You know? Oh, so okay. Like, you're so fearless. You're so fearless. Like, yeah, I'm playing with 20-year-olds. Yeah. I'm, I'm eight. Yeah. You know? <laughs> if I have any fear, I will literally die. They yes. will run me over. <laughs> they don't care. 
Um, so okay, so you grew up playing playing out in Bakersfield, and yep. you you played for a USL team. I saw Bakersfield Brigade. Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, I played. Like I Again. said, I really enjoy. It's funny because I never watched soccer at all growing up. I don't have any like favorite soccer player. I don't have a favorite soccer team. Dude, and I don't mean. And I yep. hope this doesn't come across no, weird. Okay. Yeah. But but it almost like you have like like. I, I really don't want to say it. No, say it. Say it. Yeah. Like, like you almost have a difference towards soccer. Yeah. Yep. Like, like it's it's not this like, yo, I am MLS player. I don't, I don't let it define first. me. Yeah. Yeah. yeah exactly. Yeah. No. And that, I and I've never let soccer define me because I, I'm a firm believer in you define yourself. Um, I am who I am, not what I do. Yeah. I didn't really think about that until uh, right now. But yeah. Um. I. From a young age, I just, if there's something I enjoyed doing, I just did it because I enjoyed it. Not because other people wanted me to, not because it was the cool thing to do, not because of anything. It, like, I did everything growing up. If I wanted to do home ec, I did home ec. I didn't care. I, yeah. I took sewing classes. I took ballet. I took. I did gymnastics. I did swimming lessons. I did track and field. I did pole vault, hurdles, triple jump, uh, flag football, uh, tackle football in high school. Um basketball i mean uh pre-med med camp i mean yeah. literally if there i i never wanted anything to limit me because i i just was interested in everything and um i was really interested and loved playing soccer and that was it that was the extent of my passion for it so yeah. um my indifference was is the fact that i knew i can always play soccer i can play in a pickup game on the side of the street i can play co-ed soccer i can play in my backyard i can you know, that's what I enjoy doing, yeah. not necessarily watching it. And I think that's a hard disc. It's a it's hard for most people to really understand yeah. because they have such a passion for soccer, and I see it in them. And I under I understand the passion, and um, and it's yeah, that's it's, why I was so because yeah. yeah. I I I I agree with you, you yeah. know. But I understand that you know some people that listen to the podcast or that are fans, yeah. Something like, 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 what do you mean? Like, he's he's got to live and breathe. Yeah, what are you talking about? Soccer. Yeah, let's. I honestly, I think that perspective has allowed me to become um, the soccer player I've become, as well as um, uh, achieve the levels of success in soccer I have. Is because um, I'm able to approach it with without fear, and and the I. What I've noticed over the course of my career and a big reason why I've created kind of, and we'll get into it, I'm sure, like some of my soccer agency as well as the soccer training equipment brand is because I see people and kids' passion for the game of soccer hinder their ability to actually be successful at soccer. Yeah. yeah because they're so fearful of losing what they have that they're not willing to take risks. Because I wasn't scared of losing my contract or not playing soccer or whatever, um, I was able to get traded and and figure it out and make it up, you know, uh, bet on myself when other coaches and stuff didn't believe on me, believe in me. Because yeah. for, for me, I said, um, I believe in my abilities. I believe in what I'm able to accomplish and achieve. I don't need your validation or your or your I, it doesn't matter. Yeah, you know, yeah. I could play here. I could play in Thailand. I could play pick up on Saturdays yeah. and I'm just as happy playing there. So yeah, it's the same. Sport. Yeah. So be playing soccer is what it is. Doing it professionally and making a living from it is awesome, and I'm and I'm very you know I'm grateful and I'm happy for that. But um, that will end eventually too, whether I want it to or not. So yeah. so that's kind of how I've always looked at it. And well, that no that that reminds me of you saying again the sometimes uh, the kids being so scared to be creative yep. is, is a hindrance. I just finished that book, um, 
Soccer and Sun and Shadow. I don't know if you've ever read no, it. Eduardo Galeando is the mm-hmm. name, and it's just I was just at a bookstore, a recycle books here oh, wow. in, in downtown San Jose. I think it's actually before a Quakes game, to be honest. Uh-huh. And um, yeah, and I just you know it was like, oh, Grant Wall. I was like, this is the soccer book you need to read. So yeah. I was like, all right, all right let me check it out. <laughs> all right, I guess if he says it. But at, at one point, he talks about that. You know, when, once all the money came into soccer and. And a manager had six bad games, and, and all of a sudden his job was on the line. Yep. Then he could not he could not be risky or creative. Yep. And he then soccer in the got the boring. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So again, I'm not saying yep. n- not saying that soccer is boring or anything, but but yeah, yep. like like you're saying, some kids might be like, oh no, I damn, I I, I wanted to take that shot there, but yep. but. Yeah, I but my coach. Yeah, but my yeah. coach says we're playing uh, Barcelona tiki tacky soccer, yeah. so we need to pass it around the back. And then if I don't, sh- if I shoot it now and I miss, then I won't play because he he'll be mad at me. Yeah. And then if he's mad at me, then uh, I won't have confidence in myself, and I don't have confidence in myself. I won't show well. It's a it's a vicious cycle. My yeah. big thing is going. The kids are out there to enjoy themselves and have fun and play. And if at a certain age they decide they want to take it seriously, it's their decision and they have the resources and tool. And that's the big reason why I started the company. I want to have the resources and tools so they can they can do that. But at the end of the day, soccer is supposed to be fun and you're supposed to take risks. Yeah. And it's supposed to be, you know, entertaining. And um, I think because of money and because of people's um, because of the culture being surrounded by uh, win now make money now as opposed to invest in the future yeah um a lot of a lot of kids and individuals who could have been very successful don't reach levels of success so my big thing is being honest with people from the beginning yeah we talked a little bit we talked talked a little bit about this before even when it's not something you want to hear and um self-honesty is the reason why i've gotten to where i'm at today and self-honesty is why i feel i'll continue to be successful in the future whether that's in soccer or the other things and i feel the 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 morally correct thing for me to do is try to teach or at least show others how i got to that place so they can do that for themselves if that's actually what they really want to do Dang. Yeah. Are you a motivational speaker too? I plan- you should, where's your podcast? Um, Do you have a podcast? No, there and actually, <laughs> actually, while we were talking and you were doing this, I was going to, uh, and we'll probably talk more about this. Uh, I need, um, I need someone who actually knows how to podcast who can commit me to once a week so I could have conversations like this. Cause I, yeah. I want to be kind of, um, I want to do a podcast, a weekly podcast, and discuss it's these the types new of ideas. Diary, and stuff. blog, it journal, yep. whatever. I don't know. Again, I I started doing one four years ago. So to me, I am super comfortable, and I, I'm like, dude, everyone should start one. Everyone should start one. <laughs> no, I agree. Well, that's the same way I am with business. Hey, everyone should start one. Everyone right? should start one. So yeah, I like it. again. I have a ten year old niece. You know, nice. When when she's thirty or forty, she's she gonna could, be able to listen to this. Yeah, I got yeah. hours and hours of real me being honest yes. on the mic. That's who your uncle yeah. really is. And that's why I'm doing the the vlog because I'm thinking about. So I just had my first son about two months ago, and I was thinking like. When he's 15 years old or 12 years old or 20, he can go back and watch video or listen to audio or podcasts of me talking about where I was at at his point in time in life, what I was thinking about and why I made the decisions that I made. And he can see where I got to. Yeah. So he can he can have the foresight to then make a decision or choose a different path if that's what he wants to do or if there's something he actually wants to achieve he knows that I'm giving him the most honest brutally honest and information yeah. necessary like my biggest thing with now starting this vlog is um uh 
people can see the results, right? They can see me playing on the professional soccer field. They can see me coming back from an injury. They can see, uh, you know, the businesses I'm running, but they don't see what goes into making that happen. The constant failure, the hours and hours up, you know, figuring out your programs and finding the right mind and doing research. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. There's hundreds of hours that goes into that 30 minute show, you know? So, so 30 minutes of your show or episode or an hour of your episode could have literally been a hundred hours, a thousand hours of work put into yeah. it. So if I can show you the work, then you have to be honest with yourself when you're saying, oh, I want that. I'll say, okay, do you want that? Because if you want that, that means you also want this thousand hours of work. And a lot of people, when they see the thousand hours of work, then they have to ask themselves an honest question. And most of the time it's, oh, I actually don't want that. Right. Yeah. And then, yeah. So I feel it's, that's really what I want to do. That's why I'm doing this. That's why I want to create these things because those who do want it, those who look at that thousand hours of work and go, yeah, I'm going to do that. And then twice as much because I'm going to do it better than how you Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Those, yeah. yeah, Those are the ones that I'm doing it for and who I want to do it for and why I'm, why I'm willing to spend the thousands of hours to create this type of content to make that happen. So I'm just happy to be here and talking about this. I'm glad you're saying that because uh, I, it's pretty cool. Other podcasts have sprung out from from our little, you know, group there that we do. And there are some that come to me, you know, they see that one has we have fifteen hundred likes on, on, on our Facebook page uh-huh. and, and they're at they're stuck at two hundred and they're so frustrated. Yep. And and they're they're two months old, you yes. know. <laughs> and they're like, Well, Very how did impatient. you do that? Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, You gotta put the effort and find your voice what yep. you know be consistent again yeah. and, and I, I don't want to you know i and just i just like keep keep no, i don't want to yell at no them. i understand what you're saying because that's where i was at i kept talking kept talking kept talking and I, that's why i went i started going okay i can talk but i have to show as well too right yeah. and the big thing is going uh creating those systems creating those training centers creating those those platforms so that because at the end of the day, also maintaining their motivation, right? I'm self-motivated. Yeah. And I, from us discussing, I feel like you're self-motivated too, right? You, yeah. oh, you, yeah. You're making the podcast because you want to make the podcast, because you want to tell a story, right? Because yeah. you want to do something. Whether one person's listening, your niece, or yeah. a million people are listening, you're still going to do it, right? Yeah. <laughs> okay. The other people yeah. are going, I only want to do it because I think a million people are going to listen. Well, when only two people are listening and you've been doing it for a year... Right. What motivation are you going to have to continue doing it? Yeah. So you better fall in love with the process. You better fall in love with what it is that you're doing and the process of creation, because that might be the extent that you're ever going to get. You might not, quote unquote, find success. Right. You might not make a million dollars. Yeah. You might only make enough to keep the lights on. But is keeping the lights on worth doing what you love to do for a living? I don't know. That's for you to decide. Right. For me. Yeah. For you. Maybe no. You know. And then that's where you. That's where we talked about earlier, self-honesty, where then you assess, you go, okay, do I love this as much as I thought I do? The answer is yes. Okay. Is it worth me still continuing to do it? Yes. Okay. Keep doing it. The answer is no. Then find something else. Yeah. Uh, Find something other that you're passionate about. No. Yeah. Yeah. That's great advice. That's great advice. I think too many people get discouraged as uh, like, oh, well, I thought that was going to be successful. Whatever. I'll, I'll just. Go back to working at Starbucks. Yeah. No disrespect to anyone working at Starbucks, you know. But well, so some people who are super, super, some baristas are super passionate about working at Starbucks. Yeah. And they go, "This is amazing! I got free Wi-Fi, I've got free lattes, and all that." And I go, 
Well then, exactly. Yeah, and think? again, and yeah, <laughs> that is also a very. Do see, I, I like it. I like your positivity because that's a very excellent point. Because yep. someone can look down on them. Oh, yes. You just work at Starbucks. Yeah. Uh, all my bills are paid. Yes. I'm happy. This is what I genuinely yeah. enjoy. Yeah. Brewing coffee. I have a weird obsession with like coffee beans and yeah. and the history of Starbucks. I I mean like. I don't know how if you have any weird hobbies, but I'll get into some really weird, obscure stuff, and I'll know the details of some. I just started making chocolate. Oh yeah, yeah. Ah, see that's what I'm talking about. That's I just dope. Yeah. So then you'll, you'll look at someone like, yeah, you know the co- the cocoa beans are grown over yeah, the, this process, dude. and then there's this one bean that's like that's pulled out of the the, the poop of some. Uh, there's like some bat in some other country, and you, someone will look at you and like. That's dumb, bro. Why would you do that? But then when you find those community of people online who are super into it and you end up talking to them for hours, dude, 100%, I get it. And my big thing is trying to show people how they can um, diversify their interests and get super into something like that. Because sometimes you wouldn't be surprised with how how obsessed you could get into something that you – that you would have never known Dude. that you could have a passion it's for. It's been like two weeks uh-huh. on this show because I've been making a barbecue sauce for years. Just yeah. just that one day I was watching like a Food Network show and I was like, wait, barbecue sauce is just like four <laughs> ingredients. Why do I pay for that shit? Uh, I started making my own and my been refining it for like six or seven years. Dude, that's dope. <laughs> to the point where I was like getting ready to sell it. Uh-huh. And there's a cottage industry law. So there's certain things that you can make at home that you don't really need a certified... Uh, kitchen, yeah, you know, you just just a simple permit. The health department comes in and says, "Cool, you got running water and garbage." Uh, well, barbecue sauce was not on that list. Oh, so I was man. like, "Damn!" So I need to get several thousand dollars uh-huh. as startup, which I don't have, but I totally believe in the product. But really, it's more of a hobby. Let's be yeah. real. Yeah, okay, it's a big risk. So you should I've, do it. Well, I've been. You I, should just do it. You should claim right now that within one year you will launch your barbecue sauce brand. I you will find a way to it, make it happen. It's yeah, well it's I I have everything. I have the the kitchen and, and yeah, again I, so I kind of just, just have got to do stuck. It. And well, I think that's why I went back on that website to remotivate myself. Okay, there you but go. But for some odd reason, uh-huh. powdered chocolate and hot chocolate tablets was there. Okay. And I was then like, you just what an awkward <laughs> thing. And I thought about the Mexican hot chocolate tablets. Yep. There's two brands. It, it's Abuelita and Ibarra and uh-huh. and that's it. Mm-hmm. That's it. And I was like what? Why? And I started. Well, how do you make chocolate? And I was mm-hmm. like, it's literally just cocoa, cocoa like and sugar. milk and sugar, right? No, it's just you get the you get the the cocoa beans, yep. and then you roast them, you smash them up, and inside is the what they call the cocoa nibs. Yep, and that's half cocoa solids, which is just baking cocoa powder essentially, yep. and half cocoa butter. Oh, I didn't that's know all that. it is. And then you just smash it up, and, that's and just throw the sugar. So like eighty five percent cocoa candy bar or yep. a chocolate bar, I mean, yep. is just eighty five percent raw chocolate and fifteen percent sugar by weight. That's <laughs> all it is. I didn't know that. That's all it is. And they put them in this thing called the Melanger, and it just smashes everything up. And the whole the whole key is to get it because you can only taste up to thir- uh, grain size of thirty microns in your mouth. So the whole key to getting smooth, like uh-huh. why Dutch chocolate and all that's so famous is because they get like 15 to 20 micron size crystals of sugar and chocolate. Okay. So when they break apart in your mouth, you literally can't taste them. Can't t- <laughs> so this is the whole thing is you got to smash them up for like 40 hours. I didn't but this Melanger's, they're like 500 bucks on themselves. And again, I don't, again, I just have a regular job. Um, so, but I do have a mortar and pestle. So I found a website and I, 
had them send me a pound of of cocoa paste, uh-huh. so like just kind of ready to go. So I just just started going after it. Yeah. yeah, for like thirty minutes, and I made the most bitter, uh- <laughs> nasty chocolate. But I made chocolate. <laughs> me and my girlfriend were like, Dude, "Hey, we made chocolate." We just- I'll show you the there's video. So much, no, yeah, there, I mean, there's so much more passion when you make something, right? It might not be as good, but hey, you made it. And it can refine as version one, you know. But anyway, I, I, I'm so sorry that all of a sudden I'm it's like. It's all good, man. But like yeah, I the said, weird hobbies. Yeah. I'm tell, I'm, yep. I'm, I'm telling you. Dude, no, I get it. Like, I got, what is it kindred I got, spirits or yeah, something Yeah, like I got that? awkwardly, well, when I was younger, I got awkwardly obsessed with, um, got awkwardly obsessed with modding Xboxes. I spent like three weeks online just figuring out how to just. <laughs> For no reason. Uh, well, I mean, the reason was to mod the Xbox, yeah. right? And then I started a business of modding Xboxes for kids around the street. Um, what? A, oh, I got obsessively into Amazon arbitrage. So, um, and these are the things I want to share and show. Like for maybe like six months, I got super into Amazon arbitrage. And Amazon arbitrage is basically you go into department stores, you go to swap meets, you go to a bunch of places, you scan random items. I'm talking about like Barbie dolls, books. Um, diapers, I'm anything and everything, and then based on the pricing that you could purchase it for, you can repackage and sell on Amazon for a profit. So what? yeah, oh, I mean, you could, I could teach you. And I was thinking about doing <laughs> like a, ways. well, I was thinking about doing a class because what I'm really good at, like my, one of my really good skills, is making money. I'm really good at making money, and um, I didn't realize it was a skill. I just really enjoy doing it, like the process. I actually like yeah. enjoy the process of trying to find something and then understanding the business of it and then going and reselling it somewhere. And um, yeah, anyway, <laughs> like obsessively. So I'm spending time, like hours in Ross, hours in Target, yeah. scanning every single item in the entire store, getting understanding of the prices and how much they sell in the store, if I can buy them bulk, um, repackage them and resell them online. I can show you a way to where you could you could start and launch an Amazon business that's making you like ten grand a month in like four or five weeks. Damn. Easily. That literally sounds like a seminar. Yeah, at no, your Marriott. Like, yeah. at, we'll be at your Marriott yeah, we're this be at the weekend. Local Marriott this weekend. I'm going to show you how to do Amazon FBA. Well, also, here's another thing. I haven't even heard of uh, that. And that's, the, and that's the thing that I really want to educate other people on. Because like I said, I'm really into investing businesses and, yeah. and, and future trends and stuff. And a big part of our business is ba- built on Amazon because Amazon's basically arbitraging every single business out. I mean, I mean it's going to take over literally everything. Um, in the next couple of years, I think people that go to retail stores are weird now. Yeah, like wait, you actually went, wait, into, went into the, the Best Buy and like, you like you you like shopped in the aisle. That's what I'm like. Did like, you? So you went in there to feel it and see what it was like, and right? You went home and bought it yeah. online. Right? Yeah, that's what's happening <laughs> yeah. in a lot of these places. But most people are understanding or realizing you could build bu- businesses on those platforms, which is what I got super into, and that's where I uh, how I launched Perfect Soccer and that how we have our, our yeah let's get into your businesses I, I, oh, I, I yeah. definitely want, want to talk about that because there yeah. are several and Perfect Soccer I for sure want to talk about that because yeah. that's the same thing again because the prices are really low and, and you, that's where I thought it was funny because you, you you express it that you're like yes I know this is kind of one of those it seems like too good to be true yeah. but you went straight to the manufacturer yes right so it's your that's your brand yeah my products, my my brand, all I really, really am passionate about teaching others about ownership and self sufficiency. Uh, mainly because if you have a job, that means someone else can take it away, right? The economy changes, the boss doesn't like you, you're 
not performing well or whatever, um, it's it can be fickle, right? But if you know you can establish yourself in your own business, whether it's just you selling items or your podcasting services or or your editing service or whatever that is, yeah, you can always have comfort in knowing that you're you can sustain yourself, and um, and most of the time you're doing most of the work, but you're getting a fraction of the money that you earn. Right. Yeah. And most people don't know how to one value themselves because they don't know how much they're actually worth. They don't know anything about the business side of it. I'm on that list right Right. There. <laughs> and my big thing is trying to educate and show you how you do that. There's actually a way to do it. You quantify your value. And then once you understand, once I get you to understand how much you're actually worth, then you'll realize, Oh, I should probably be doing this for myself. And then once you say, I'm going to do it for myself, then I go, okay, this is how you do it. And the only way I could do that was if I went and did it myself, right? If I'm telling all the players in the locker room and all this, hey, you're going for Nike. Okay, Nike gives you a $10,000 check per year to be their brand, uh, to be a brand ambassador or whatever. Well, if they can afford to pay you 10 grand, how much are they making off of you? Yeah. Do you even think about that? Yeah. And then if they don't even think about that, then you're going, okay, what what do you think? They're making 15 grand off of you? Are they making 100 grand off of you? Are they making a million off of you? If you don't know, how do you know 10 grand's enough for what you're doing? Yeah. So then that's why I was going like, okay, if they're selling these products or services, go figure out how they're doing it. So I went out, spent like through the Amazon arbitrage, then I found about manufacturing and wholesalers and distributors and all that kind of stuff. Like I got super, super, <laughs> yeah. right? So to spare you that whole entire thing, because like I said, we can end up talking for hours and hours about all this stuff. Um, I basically... Uh, uh, bought some programs and webinars and seminars like I go I go to those like go to this Marriott I go to those things all the time right just to get ideas and understand stuff and I started negotiating and brokering deals with uh, with manufacturers all over the world right yeah. India Canada US manufacturers China and all that kind of stuff and I started developing out my own products and my own products and then built my brand you know logos brandings websites and started blogging with those and then putting the SEO and the PPC campaigns and then I started creating my sales funnel for my so I do weekly soccer product giveaways where people can see the soccer products I give those yeah. away weekly gets people engaged with the brand then they can get a free copy of my book that gets delivered to their house and then as they're going through like I just want to over deliver value I want you to be so invested in me and the brand and you've gotten so much content and so much value for basically for free or at least break even to the point that eventually where I want to cash in right is maybe five years from now when I'm five or ten years from now when I'm done playing soccer when I go hey I'm going to do a soccer camp right yeah I'm going to do a soccer camp once a year or twice a year you got this book and these soccer balls and this equipment and all this training and all these videos and all these things. And I didn't, even, I didn't make any money on it. I didn't ch- charge you anything for it. I literally was just trying to like cover my costs to hire people yeah. and you know what I mean? And pass the savings on to you. Yeah. And for those of you who are able to now, would you like to come to my soccer camp? This is the price for it. And I believe that that will be a working business model in the future. Yeah. Well, and I think that that is, it's a, pretty modern and progressive business model you know you, you you really build kind of that army essentially you know and, and that that's what people so many things that i i get again those like boxes that get sh- shipped directly to you you know yep. so like you build a, a personal relationship um again it is no longer like best buy has a thousand different products it's yes. like no no i apple you know i'm yes. apple till i die yeah, right exactly, like apple's releasing features that what android had like two three years ago but apple's done 
done right by their cu- customers and their and their followers so so yeah. long that they're saying like no i'm committed to the brand I'm, anything they bring out or they create or they do i'm all in on and i'm 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 buying right yeah and uh that's the kind of that's the kind of way i i want to go about building my brand building my businesses and just kind of networking and creating really pushing positivity because i think that is that's something that's really lacking, especially with the, the age of internet and media. And we talked about a little bit before the ease of trolls and people just commenting negative yeah. stuff. You know what I'm saying? Like, no, yeah. no, I, my brand, my, my businesses, we don't, that's not part of us. So yeah. if you're, if that's where you're about, that's fine. Go find a brand that's about that. That's not yeah, about us yeah, here. There's and, definitely. and I think more people will like the environment we're creating than the environment that is being allowed or whatever and other other things so and where does where does this ever stop do you just see yourself just continually another business another business yeah. or do you just want to say at one point i'm just going to be in hawaii uh no chilling no 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 um so i'm passionate about learning i just love learning new things yeah i'm passionate about business and entrepreneurship and uh, then mindfulness and just self-growth and knowledge and teaching and, forget how uh, there's a camera here. Oh yeah, there, we got a camera here. <laughs> um, uh, and like I had said, what we were talking about with soccer, I said you have to fall in love with the process, right? The thousand hours, not the actual one hour that's at the end. Yeah. So for me, sitting in Hawaii and chilling is the one hour, right? Yeah. I love the thousand hours. So as of now, I don't see myself. I don't ever see myself stopping and a big reason why I've created the marketing company with my wife is because that'll give me the greatest opportunity to uh to provide services for other businesses and companies and individuals and entrepreneurs so who will then introduce me to new things like all of a sudden chocolate right yeah. like what if all of a sudden I get super into chocolate and I want to start a chocolate business yeah. or a barbecue sauce Dude. I can do that now because yeah. I have a marketing company I know how to brand I know how to build businesses and I know how to how to uh to to grow those and to kind of build those. So I want to be a past, I want to be an angel investor. I want to be an active investor, like anything that piques my interest, I want to be able to get involved with it. Yeah. And the way I can do that is if I can provide and show value, right? If I came to you and I said, Hey, I love your barbecue sauce. This tastes amazing. You need to sell this. Right. And you go, Oh, I, I was thinking about it, but I don't really know how to start a business. I don't really know how to incorporate. I don't know how to really build a website and to like, do all the sales yeah. and I don't know how to do that. And I go, well, Hey, my business does all that. And I'm going to put up the capital to, to, to launch your barbecue sauce. I just want you to focus on your passion and that's yeah. making barbecue sauce, right? Yeah. That's what I want to do. My passion is helping people follow their passions, which is a little, it's weird, but for me, that allows me to never run out of things to be interested in because like you said, you're passionate about chocolate and barbecue sauce yeah. you got into right or podcasting and someone else might be super passionate about dogs and they love walking dogs but they don't know how to make enough money to walk dogs and i can go hey my business teaches you how to build a business out of walking dogs yeah so it's it's a way for me to teach and help people pursue their passions and in doing that i feel i'm helping make the world a better place their help their their happy right they're spreading positivity then they're showing their friends that it's possible for them as well too you know what i mean like yeah i want to create a ripple effect of things no yeah that, that i i i completely agree. i i feel like such a homer goes i completely agree with you i completely agree with you it's, it's almost like like a mirror you know but because to me sometimes it's so simple it, it took me a while to realize that people don't think like me yeah you know where because people are like so frustrated at their job and i was like dude 
you're really good at painting. Yes. Paint something. It's like 50 bucks to get a spot at the farmer's market. Yep. You know, learn to talk. Yes. Sell some of your paint. You know, yeah. that passion will come through. Give up this front desk job. Yes. Or, or Give up this nine to five that you say you hate, that you wouldn't do if you didn't have. And, you know, other people, oh, easy for you to say, Quincy, you play professional soccer, blah, 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 blah. Okay, fine. If that's the mindset you want to have with it, so be it. You're going to be unhappy with wherever you're at. But if you're saying you're unhappy and you want to make a change and do what you're doing or do something else, I'm saying, why not? Do it. Yeah. You know what I mean? I don't know. For me, like I said, whether I was getting paid to play soccer or not, I would play soccer, right? Yeah. Getting paid is a perk, right? That comes with me learning the business of soccer, uh, betting on myself when others wouldn't, you know, training extremely hard, doing additional training practices and stuff. It's the thousand. We'll go back to the thousand to one. Yeah. It's the thousand hours I'm putting in that resulted in me being the one, right? Or have that one hour of output, right? But the difference is even if I don't have that one, I'm still putting in that thousand hours yeah. because I'm passionate about what I'm doing. So that's for me, I'm going, if you just... It's hard also because, you know, you need money to pay the bills and yeah. to do all that kind of stuff. But then I'm going, so perfect example, uh, before I signed this last contract, there's no guarantee I had another contract, right? So I was living in the corner of the room of Sana and Innocence apartment. So my room was the size of a closet. Yeah. And I put a twin size bed up in it and I just sat in, this, in the corner there because those guys sorted me out, right? Because... That's what I'm willing to do and live in to accomplish and achieve my goals, yeah. right? So if if you're really passionate about painting, like you said you're doing, and you hate your job, okay, then go find a friend who will let you live in his closet for $100 a month and paint for a year yeah. and get really good at it, right? Yeah, well, that's why I really like your seminar idea because I think this could be people listening and be like, mm-hmm. okay, well, I say I do like painting. Yep. I don't know how to start. You know what you, you know do? How you know what you do? Like, no, I understand that. You know yeah. what you do? You go into google.com and you type in how do I become a painter by profession? Yeah. Right? It's uh, the difference between now and any other time in human history. And I think this is a perspective that I was able to get at a very young age. Uh, like I said, because I'm Nigerian, right? So I traveled to Nigeria when I was, I think, was it seven or eight years old. So I saw my cousins. I saw where my dad grew up. The, the you know, the quote-unquote hut that he grew up in, right? Yeah. The, the miles that he had to walk to fetch water, right? From a very young age. And then I got to come back to my home here in America and, and look around. And I didn't know it at the time. And not until I look back and I think about what I what I was going through at that time, because I didn't realize it till, till later in life. But at that time, I'm going, that gave me huge perspective. Perspective that most kids that age never get, right? Yeah. To understand what you have by living in America being in America, yeah. having access to the internet, having oppor- access to opportunity, not just access to the internet, access to opportunity. I have cousins in Nigeria that are smarter than me, that work harder than me every single day, but they have a lack of opportunity. It's not a lack of effort, energy. So when most people go like, oh, well, I work really hard. I deserve this. You don't deserve anything. No one deserves anything, no, right? Because there's yeah. people all over. I can po- I can show you my my aunt who who works harder than anyone I, pro- I you probably will ever know will have one one hundredth of what you have because she doesn't have the just be based on where she was born yeah gives her a lack of opportunity right so so like i said squeezing out excuses because there's someone who has it worse than you there's someone who doesn't 
who doesn't have the opportunities you, that you have. So you can find a million excuses for why you can't do something or why you won't do something. I just want one excuse for why you will. That's it. All you have to do is find one. That's it. And that's how I look at it. And going back to the painter reference, right? Yeah. If it means quitting your job and you can now, uh, you can only make $300 a month because you go to swap meets on weekends and buy, you know, buy books here and then sell them on Amazon. And then you pay your friend a hundred bucks so you can live in his closet and you uh, you go to the local gym membership that you have for twenty dollars a month, and you shower there. And you, if that's what you need to do to pursue your goal and to get really good at painting, so that five years from now you can sell your paintings for a thousand dollars a piece and then live that life that you want to do. For me, I think that's worth it. I think you should do it. For you, maybe no. Maybe it's yeah. worth working a job that yeah. you hate for the rest of your life. But know that it's your choice. You know. That's me going on a tangent rant. Well, yeah, well, no, that, that that's like uh, what is it like living living in good, in good faith? You yes. know, because I well, this podcast it's, mm-hmm. it's a quote from Albert Camus. So I, existentialism is, I, I mean, that, that's my philosophy arm, and and I don't know Kierkegaard or somebody who was again living good faith. You know, and he he talked about you know there's there's ladies. You know, that, that have been, you know, milking cows and yes. li- living what most people would consider poverty their whole life that have lived a f- way fuller life yes. than some executive in a tower, you yeah. know. And, um, yeah, so th- th- that is, those, those are all, all really, really great, great points. I mean, I, I don't know. I, I, I this is, this is cool. People are going to be like, I thought this was a soccer podcast. Yeah, it would but, happen, but, I, yeah. but you're going to end up motivated and you, you're well, going to go by yourself. But uh, I don't know. I, to me, it is super motivating because sometimes I, I and I've expressed this to people in, in like uh, Salinas is kind of a smaller town. And I'm mm-hmm. like, you know what? I, I think I might have to leave here to fully be able to, quote unquote, grow, I yep. guess, how I want. Yep. Because these conversations, I, I feel, are few and far between there. Yep. But going back to the Internet and stuff now, anybody can hear this conversation. Yep. You could be sitting in Australia and you don't even know what the hell it sounds like earthquakes are. Yes. And but but that can be like you know what, I do want to yes. you know do this is what I really want to do. Yes. And again, I hope they they get that from there. And and yeah. it's a, it's a great conversation. And like I said, for me, it's really motivating because it really reinforces that that I that again that that I am going down the right path. Because because honestly, I, this podcast I don't make this is a hobby essentially with these yep. podcasts. I don't make money from yep. the podcast, but it's never bothered me one yep. bit. You and know. that's the best place to be because, like I said, at the end of the day, um, you you find joy in this, right? You get mm-hmm. something out of this. And maybe it's not money right now, but maybe one day it will be, right? Just because you do it for so long and people start to recognize what it is and then they start seeing the value in it and then they want to maintain and continue to have it and supporting it. And then that's kind of how you build the community. I'm, very, I'm a very optimi- I'm a optimistic futurist where I think as technology starts to to uh, overtake the um, need for human labor, right? I think uh, value in humans has been dictated by labor yeah. in, in majority. And what technology is doing is it's replacing labor and make, you know what I mean? Making our labor obsolete. So I, I'm an optimistic futurist in the sense that um, I believe that uh, art, creative, uh, creative, uh, creative minds and empathy for other humans is going to become the new value system culturally that we position to, right? Yeah. Because if if a machine can make everything that we have, 
then what are the intangibles that humans still can provide that another human finds valuable that a machine can't, right? Empathy, yeah. uh, uh, love. Like I look at it in terms of a lot of people are thinking, oh, well, we're going to lose all of our jobs, right? What are we going to do? Well, what if this is me now we're going on another tangent on other stuff right but the way in which i think about it is i'm going like okay let's say a million people are now out of work right um because uh, a machine took over self-driving cars right 10 million people are out of uh, taxi crab driver services but then you're going in you and you're saying okay um we now value greatly value um hospice workers or people who work with old people homes right so there's way more old people now right so you're saying now oh we have one to one so now someone's job can literally be caring for the elderly and being a friend to the elderly right and then learning lessons from them and gaining you know what i'm saying it's like almost like we're forcing our we can force ourselves into like mentorship programs and and like things that are that are funded by the government or whatever these new social programs are I know uh, there's uh, talks going around universal basic income. I don't know how much you're yeah, yeah. this stuff. Yeah. So the way in which I'm looking at those types of things is like if you're implementing things like that or you're saying your tax, there's a there's a flat tax on, let's say, every every autonomous car that's on the road that's taking a human's job, right? 10% or 15% of the revenue generated by it has to go into a program that 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 um, that uh, employs a person. But that employment could be with being a mentor to elderly and elder in, in elderly homes, right? Yeah. So now all of a sudden you're like you're doing good while doing it. And if the person doesn't want to do that and they don't want the universal basic income, then they can go and maybe go onto Google and type in learn how to become a painter or do something yeah. else, and then create a business around themselves and and sustain themselves. I think there's a lot of options and there's a lot of things. I think people are so scared of change that they think of the worst case scenario and they think there's nothing that they can't learn anything, they can't change or they can't grow. It's not that they can't; it's just most people don't want to, right? <laughs> yeah, that no, that is a big thing. People get comfortable. Yeah, you know, they 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 get in a spot and like this is this is comfortable this is where i'm at yep and yeah so when change happens instead of adapting to the change they get angry yep and try to like well it's always been this way way. well this is the new way and and it doesn't necessarily mean it's better or whatever but the change is coming right so you gotta you have to be willing to to adjust not saying you can you need to compromise on all your morals and principles right but um but at the same time being open to new ideas and new perspectives and actually listening to people as opposed to assuming everyone around you is an idiot and doesn't know anything better and doesn't know anything different. I think the best way that I, I've, I've thought through that is more so at every particular moment in your life, you think you're right. Right. Most people do because you're not, you don't walk around going, you know what? I think I'm wrong about this decision I'm making. Let me do it. Right. Oh, I think I'm wrong about this. So let me continue what I'm doing. It's more low. Oh, I think I'm right. Or I think this is what I believe. So I'm going to continue doing it until something earth shattering in life tells me I'm wrong or someone I trust greatly tells me I'm messing up. Yeah. Right. So, and then most people can also agree that they've looked back in life and been like, Oh man, I was really wrong there. Right. Like, well, you hope, cause that means yeah. you've grown as a person. Yeah. You're like, but, no, I was still right. Yeah. yeah. Right. Well, some, but, right. No, still right. Yeah. Right? But my whole thing is like, think back to some time in the past where you thought you were right. And it's not until later where you gained experience and you have some perspective, right? I think everything dwindles down to perspective that you realize, Oh, I was wrong when I yelled at that person. Like, but I didn't have this information at that time. So that's why I was wrong. Well, then I'm going like, okay, well, what are the things that I think I'm right about now that I'm actually completely wrong 
all the time. That's yeah. all I'm ever thinking about. Right. So then I'm going like, okay, how do I verify the information I'm getting is true? How do I know that what I've been thinking in the past is going to continue to be the case in the future? How do I prepare for if I'm wrong? So my big thing is going, I'm looking at things and going like, okay, well, if I'm wrong, what is my next course of action? And if I'm right, what's my next course of action? Right. So you always are. Yeah. It's, it's always fluid. Yeah. yeah it's fluid. Always, you, you can change. That means way. you're open to change. You're open to adjusting, to adapting. Things won't catch you completely off guard. And then you even plan for that. Well, if something completely off guard caught, if something completely out of the blue caught me off guard, how would I, what would my plan be or what am I doing? And then you kind of, it's giving you a better, I don't know. It's giving you a better sense of how to navigate the world in my experience, right? Again, I can't speak for everybody else's yeah. experience. And that's just what I've learned and what I want to start sharing because I think positivity is hard, right? It's, it's hard. Yeah. Uh, commitment is hard. Um, being honest is hard. Lying is easy, right? Scamming people is easy. Yeah. Being negative is super easy. And most people don't really get that. They think they're doing the hard thing by being negative and tearing other people down and bashing other people and all that kind of stuff. But I'm going like, no, that's the easy thing. You're doing the easy thing. Me smiling, even though you, you commented on my thing, I'm the worst soccer player in the world and how could he even, how did he even make a team and he sucks and his yeah. videos are stupid and all that kind of stuff. <laughs> I laugh because I'm like, all right, because I look at it and I go, well, is he giving me honest criticism here? You know what I'm saying? What if my videos do suck? Not everyone's yeah. a hater, yeah. right? So I'm looking at that and I'm going like, you know what? Okay, yeah, I don't agree that I'm an idiot. Maybe there's stuff I don't know with what he said, but the video quality he said is terrible. And I go, you know what? He's got a point there, yeah. right? So I'm always trying to pull the positive and learn from, learn right. from everybody. Yeah, you can learn from anyone and everybody. Like, don't assume that you can't learn from someone. I'm, see, like I said, you're going to get me going. Getting, <laughs> what are we? We're, oh, wow. We're already well, an hour uh, into this. And we're st- <laughs> 49 minutes. That's oh, okay. That's not, that's not too bad. bad. <laughs> no, no, I know what you're talking about. Now, I get... Uh, I get crap again from friends sometimes because I'll talk to anybody. Everybody. I'll talk to anybody. And they're like, you know, it'll be the local neighborhood stranger or something. Yeah. And then I, you talk to that person. It's like, dude, you don't know what they have wisdom. Yeah. They have knowledge. Yeah. They're alive, aren't they? Like yeah. they're surviving somehow day to day. Yep. So, and again, I mean, they're not going to tell you, you know, the stock, to, the next big stock to pick or something. Or they might. Yeah, I mean, something might click. You don't, Again, yeah, my whole thing is like, you why, don't know. Why shut that down? Yeah. Why, you know, why shut down another, you know, another, you know, another network, you know, another yes. way? Yes. I mean, look, I, I don't know. Dude, no, when I you, understand. When you work out, your yes. muscles, your body builds more, you know, right? You're yes. pre-med. Atro- yeah, no, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Atrophy. You don't, yeah, you, yeah. you don't use it, you lose it. Yeah. Same thing. Mental, so, physical, emotional, everything. And, um. It's kind of crazy because I think about it more when I'm thinking about it. It's never really think back. This is for the listeners now, right? <laughs> really think back to the time you 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 um, you accomplish something or you you achieve something, and then think back to the thing that happened that allowed that to happen. And it's usually never the thing that you thought. You weren't going, ah, you know what? When I was walking to Starbucks today, I wasn't. Uh, when I was walking to Starbucks today, I was expecting to to uh, see some guy that I recognized from something before. And then I found out, oh, it was some YouTube video I watched three months ago. And then I strike up a conversation with him. And then he finds out that he's doing a seminar down the street. So then you 
you you sign up for that just to see what it is, and then you find out it's this program. You meet this other person. This person introduces you to this other person, and that person meets you to the your yeah. wife, right? And then all of a sudden, now you've developed a relationship with that person for a couple of years, and all of a sudden that's your wife, and then you're moving forward, and you're going like, all of that wouldn't have happened if you didn't walk to Starbucks that day, yeah, right? So like. not being closed to the world of possibilities because they're infinite and they're like so beyond our ability to comprehend and understand that I, I just feel like the only way I can kind of quantify it is just going, you, whatever you put out is what you're going to get back eventually, right? Yeah. You're negative and cynical. That's what you're going to get back. Yeah. Right? Every, oh, go ahead. Yeah, no, 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 no. I was going to say every, every once in a while when I get kind of, you know, when I'm thinking like, ah, this isn't working. This isn't, you know, and I, and I need some motivation. There's like a two and a half minute video, Steve Jobs, uh, meaning of life. If, if you Google meaning of life, Steve Jobs, and he talks about how, you know, in, in, in life you're taught, you, you go to school, yep. you get married, you have a family, you save some money. He's, That's a very limited life. He's like, yes. life is much more than that. He's like, once you figure out that, that, Everything around you was made by people that are no smarter than you. I mean, I know it word for yeah, word now. That's I'm awesome. literally going to, but yeah, he talked he talked about how everything around you was made by people that no were no smarter than you, and you can change it. You can influence it. Yes, you know. So it's like you got to learn that when you poke life on one side, something comes out the other side. Yes. It's like, and when you learn that, you're, you 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 will never be the same. Once you truly yeah. understand and believe that, it's it's liberating. And scary at the same time because one, everything's in your control and nothing is. It's weird to say like that doesn't make any sense, but your reaction is always in control by you, right? But your um, the outcome might not necessarily be the case, right? Like I can go out my uh, I control my ability to step on the field and to run around and play, but I can't control the fact that I blew my knee out you know, 15 seconds after running yeah. on the field, right? But then once that happens, I can control the way in which I'm going to look at the opportunity for my knee getting blown out. I could go the way of, oh, no, my career's over. Nothing's going to be the same. I'm depressed. I'm sad and this. Or I can go, ah, great. This is an opportunity for me to show those around me that even when times are the darkest and the hardest, maintain positivity because you'll come out the other end and something really great will come from it. Yeah. Right? And, um, yeah, it's a choice. It's a choice, and it's it's difficult to practice if you don't see the results of it, right? But I think you, it's like faith, I guess, right? Yeah. You're having faith in the process, just like the people have faith in other things. I, I have faith in that, in uh, in that ideology. It served me well, and um, I want to at least share those ideas with other people. And hopefully, if they implement them in them, their lives, they can find some like positivity from it. They can take something from it. Um, and and share it with the next person. So, do a lot of your teammates look at you like you're weird? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and they're like yeah. soccer, man. Yeah, we're soccer players. Yeah, because <laughs> well, I'm always in the lock. I'm getting better. Uh, I'm getting better. And oh, when you were speaking, which remind me when you were speaking about when you said when you get in that kind of headspace and then you go watch that two minute um uh, video right to like motivate you. Yeah. Um, my mindset for me is is always uh, everything's my fault. Right. If I just assume it's my fault, then if I work hard enough and I think enough and I do enough research, I can figure out a solution to my problem. Right. So um, if people aren't listening to me, it's not because people are dumb. It's because I'm dumb. 
and I haven't figured out how to convey my message to them properly. Maybe I'm speaking too much. Maybe I'm not speaking enough. Maybe I'm not, I haven't built enough trust with them yet. Maybe I haven't shown them enough evidence or proof, but it's my job to figure out where they're at in the process and then accommodate that. Yeah. Right? That's and, Sun Tzu right there. Oh, really? War. Yeah. Oh, I haven't. He says if, if, a, if, a, if a general gives his troops good orders mm-hmm. and they fail, it is it is the failure of the troops. But if if the general fails to convest, convey his message, what he expects out of them correctly, it is the general's fault. Yes. You know? So yeah. So it, oh, I agree with that. Oh, totally. Yeah. And what I was what I was coming to the understanding of, for me, I knew I was met. I knew. So this is what I've recently. So I've been doing a lot of thinking lately, and uh, implementation of like things over the years. But um, I was I was failing. I'm still continuing to fail, but I'm figuring out, right? Failing to properly convey how to go about executing and implementing what I needed done to get the results that we needed to continue to grow and build the business, right? So it was my, my, I knew it was a, it was a, is a disconnect in communication between me and my team, right? My partner and my, um, my teammates and stuff like yeah. that. And most of the guys in the locker room were like, oh, this guy, Quincy guy is always talking about investing and pro soccer and, and you know what I mean? And, you know, starting your own business and building your own brand and blah, 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 blah. And I was really, okay, I'm just talking at these guys. Just talk, 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 talk. Cause my mindset is going like, I'm just going to pound down this door. Eventually they're going to crack and listen to me or they're going to tell me to screw off and never listen to me again. But I am always going to continue to keep talking with you if you're willing to listen or at least to dialogue with me, right? Until I can figure it out. And I what, read that somewhere. I read oh, that yeah. somewhere about you. That's actually what got me to reach out to you. Oh, serious? You said something along those lines somewhere. I don't know on the internet. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, dude, Instagram message, whatever. Oh, dude, that's, that's what I'm saying. Most people, yeah. Like, and obviously as the network builds and builds, it's, gonna, it's harder and harder for me to kind of do these types of things. But, um, Consistency and persistence definitely play, pays off, especially with me, because I recognize that, right? Because yeah. that's how exactly how I am. So it resonates with me, you know. Um, I understand that personality, but what I wasn't what I wasn't doing a good enough job was was understanding how other people think and how other people accept information. It's oh, much yeah. different than me. I just want the information, right? I can sit and watch a four hour webinar on two times speed and just boom, 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 hit me. Like when they're <laughs> telling me story, it's funny. You said you really love telling stories, right? Yeah. I don't. I don't like. Uh, I don't mind a good story, but that's not my, I don't like story. I like information. Yeah. So if you're, you, most people need a story to get them in the mood before they're wanting to listen to it. And I just go like, dude, just what do I need to do? A, B, C. Cause I'm going to go do it. I don't need the fluff, but a yeah. lot of people need that. Right. They need the motivation. They need this. And I needed to understand that. I was fighting that for a while. Right. Yeah. And, um, what was really great for me is Mark Pelosi. So we partnered on, um, we're partnered in our real estate investing uh, company. So I don't even know if we talked about that, but we uh, closed on like our 18th property out in Kansas city. uh, Last 18. Damn. So we started the company December, December of last year. Oh, I could tell you the story about how that all came together, but we started the company last year, December. And now we just closed on our 18th property and we're moving into apartment complexes next. But so that's where I want to start showing all this other stuff. But, um, yeah, what was great for me was him, right? Because he was my locker mate. He's right next to me. He had his knee injury, my knee injury. It's like, this is why I really think there's higher things outside of this. Yeah. I needed him and he needed me at the perfect moment, at the perfect time. And we started, we created something and now we're partnered on like all our businesses and we, we work through a whole bunch of stuff. But for me, he was what I needed for the guys around us to see that what I was saying wasn't just talking nonsense. Yeah. Right. 
it's very, most people go, oh, Quincy, it's easy for you to say because you're doing it, right? Or outside looking in. But it's not until they see someone else who might have been at the same spot as they were in or less, quote unquote, less than them getting to somewhere else where then people go, wait, how did you do that? Right. Yeah. Yeah. So then through them going, oh, seeing how Mark's development is and like what he's getting involved with, like his passions for all these other things. It's really it's been awesome for me because it's making me feel like I'm like I'm super juiced. Right. Yeah. And I'm really happy for him. But what's been awesome as well, too, is it's I'm starting to see the ripple effect that it creates once you can kind of do that. So then I'm really like, oh, okay. I'm learning how to better convey these things. And there's certain times where Quincy, you just need to shut your mouth. Mm. Like, you know, when you start talking and rambling on, but I, I feel like this is good energy is having a good time and stuff. But. Yeah. Yeah. That, that's usually how I, well, I mean, I don't usually have guests, but on the other podcast, that's what I usually do. It's like, oh, it's yeah. a conversation. If it's good, we'll just keep it going. That's what I love about it. It's yeah. our show. There's not some producer. Yeah. Telling some directors you, oh, wrap any, it up. Ask this. It has to be that. Yeah. You got 21 minutes. Cause we got to fit nine <laughs> minutes of commercials in there. And uh, that's why I'm like, that's why everybody has to do a podcast. You know, yes. that's why. Uh, um, I think they're awesome. Yeah. I really, that, that girl, guys, Katie Nolan, that she does like a, a football podcast. Um, well, she had a, a show on like Fox Sports, mm-hmm. just a regular, you know, whatever. But I really liked the podcast because it was really, you could, they could really be comfortable and be themselves, you know. Yeah. And it was just way more entertaining that way, you know. And, and then, but anyway, yeah. That's that. And but have you ever thought of like being agent or anything? Uh, it's sports agent. It's funny you said that. So, my grand master plan, right, is basically to um, uh, create create basically a platform and information for like every single stage from soccer development, from like literally like six years old all the way up to I'm a professional athlete. What should I do? How should I pick an agency? Do I need an agent? Should I represent myself? How to navigate that? Yeah. Um, and then having arm and then, oh, I'm a professional athlete. I'm making a considerable amount of money. How do I prepare for my my life after soccer? How do I make investments? How do I do that? How do I build businesses and all that? Like literally start to finish. So like everything that you need along the way to help facilitate your process, whether you want someone to do it, I'll probably have a business that facilitates those services or yeah. how to do it yourself because you could be like me, right? Like me, someone could be like, oh, I have an agency. I can do this and that for you. I'll be like, well, I just want you to teach me everything you did because I just want to do it for myself. Yeah. And, um, and then I know there's a percentage of the population that goes, oh, I see all that work. I don't want to do it. I just want to pay you to do it for me, right? So I want to facilitate both people, people who are like me and people who just, you know what I mean, are like, no, I have no problem paying for someone to do something. Yeah. Um, and a week ago, uh, like four or five of the guys on the team actually like, uh, just said, if you want, if you were my agent, I'd let you be my agent. Right. It's funny <laughs> that you're saying that. And I, they're like, I 100% would let you do that on my behalf. And I was kind of like, that's kind of cool to hear them say, because I was always thinking about like, maybe I got clients already. Right. Exactly. <laughs> Well, and we could get into a tangent on what I think about agents in general. I'm not a huge fan of them. I right? yeah, you yeah. have. I have no. no I'm. No, I'm. They're terrible. So curious of. To me, I'm just all like, what? what, what you just call somebody and say, hey, I'm gonna pay you money to find stuff for well, me. Like, yeah, wait, yeah. can you do that for yourself? I yeah. don't know. It's so well, weird. Okay, to me. so I'm, there, I'm there is a, that life, there is know? a service that agents can provide for you, right? Mm. And the, and I think that the problem is what I feel they should provide for players grossly exceeds what I feel they do provide for players, yeah. right? Um, I think generally, because not all agents, some are very good and they're, I feel like an agent should be a mentor to the player, right? In the yeah. sense that you're, you're, you're giving them the most honest and truthful advice that you can. You're working as hard as you possibly can to get them the best possible deal for themselves, 
right? Yeah. And then facilitating them with the proper people, whether that's you personally, like financial advisement or other, to make sure that they're in a position to not only prosper while they're with you, but once they leave your agency yeah. or whatever. And I feel like most of them are just kind of leeches based on kind of how the MLS system is in general. It makes it very easy for agents to represent a mass amount of guys uh, and, t- and basically have a 5% fee on yeah. all of them and then negotiate with general managers and, and f- you know what I mean, uh, across the league and then basically position players in positions that benefit the agent more than it does benefit the player. Yeah. And I, I can give you an example so it makes more sense. So let's say I'm an agent right now and I represent three players on... LA Galaxy, right? And each of them is. I don't know on, why he went there, yo. Yeah, exactly. That's right. The, so that's I'm representing. Yeah, picked. exactly. Because I was, I was cut them all. Yeah, right. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> right. So let's say I represent three players on the Galaxy, right? And all of them are on contracts for a hundred thousand dollars a year, just for the sake of argument. Yeah. And let's say um, there's a, player A, B, and C, right? Let's say A is really worth three hundred thousand dollars, right? B is worth fifty thousand dollars, and C is worth a hundred thousand dollars. Right. And they're all up for contract negotiation. But I represent all three. Right. So all three of them, I make five. I make five percent as my as my um, agency fee. fee yeah. Right. Five um, percent on the on all three of them is fifteen thousand dollars a year. Right. Five thousand, five thousand, five thousand. Um, player A had a very great year, did really well and wants a new contract. Right. So he comes to me, tells me, oh, get me a new contract or whatever, whatever. Right. So. Then as the agent, I can go to the GM or whoever's technical director, whoever I'm negotiating with, right? Yeah. And and um and this also with the disconnect with the with the single entity of the league. But I can basically go and say, Hey, listen, me and you both know this guy's worth three hundred thousand dollars, right? He might not know that he's worth three hundred thousand dollars. Yeah. But I have these other two players, right? I'll make sure you re sign this guy. I can get him to sign for 150. But you got to keep these other two signed at the 100. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And if you don't sign all three, then I'm going to take him and go somewhere else. Right? For me, that's an agent working to his benefit cuz yeah. now he's saying, "Okay, I got this guy on 150. I got the 5% of his 100 plus an additional 5% on the 50, plus the 5% on the other two. So my risk is diversified. I have three guys who I'm representing. And now when I go talk to another guy, I can be like, hey, I represent these three guys. Yeah. You be the fourth, right? As opposed to, I think, the moral right thing to do is me, I go in, I'm representing this player right now. I'm going in, I'm saying he's worth 300000 right? We need to get him as close to that as possible. Or let's negotiate and broker a deal because he really wants to stay here, right? Maybe he's worth 300000 Um, but... He's willing to take 225 plus option with plus bonuses because he wants to give back to the club because he wants to be, you know what I'm saying? Like whatever that is. Right. But that's me having a conversation with player A and saying, hey, listen, I'm telling you straight up, you're worth 300. I don't think with this club we could get you more than 250. Me being honest. Right. Yeah. I think I may be able to get you 300 with Toronto. Right. But that's not guaranteed. But do you want to stay here? You want to go somewhere else? That's me having a conversation with him and representing yeah. him in my best interest, in his best interest, independent of the other two guys. I'm not using them as poker chips for that. I'm going to get you the best deal I can get you based on negotiation, based on the value you provide 
right? Not the value on the other guys. Yeah. Now when these other two guys, and I maybe I go to the GM or whatever, and he's going like, okay, well, we signed him to 225. We're not re-signing these two guys because they're not worth it or whatever. Then I come to these guys, and I have to be honest with them, right? Hey, um, I'm working with this other thing. This is what I can get you somewhere. You get what I'm saying? Like, Yeah, yeah. That's what I feel agents are doing to players, and it's funny how we're going all over the place. Yeah, right, right, but that, but that's a big reason why I was like I was building up these other things too to kind of create an agency where an agency where it teaches guys how to represent themselves or at the very least how to ask questions of their agent to make sure their agent is representing them in the best light possible. Because yeah. some guys don't want to represent themselves, right? I get it. Like, no, yeah, yeah. That's it's a tough business, and again, we all know those, especially MLS rules, seem to be like a, a Bible in thickness. Yeah, it's basically a Bible, and you. I mean, that's a big reason why I'm still in the league because I learned all the MLS rules. I learned all the CBA rules. I got involved with the union. I, You know what I mean? Like, yeah. you have to be a student not only of the game itself, but a student of the business of it. And um, through that, you'll learn your value. Once you know your value, it's hard for people to question your value because when they try to debate you on something, you you have facts and things substantiating what you're saying. You're not just saying, oh, I'm worth I'm worth $2 million. And they go, okay, yeah, how are you worth $2 million? Well, because I believe I work really hard and I deserve $2 million. You're going like, no, okay, back this and up with something. Do you, you think know. it's up to the players overall in the league to kind of get together and and say that? Or is the league eventually just going to mature into that? Is it a no, natural the league, progression? No, 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 no. The league will never mature into that. But that's right, the, play, that's the players' union. Because it's not in their benefit. Why, they're yeah, not incentivized yeah. to do so. Like. I, I, my big thing is I'm also not naive to understand why things are the way they are and the the um, the benefit. Even like that 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 um, example with the agent, right? I understand why the agent does what he does, right? He's diversifying his his yeah. his his money. He's making sure everything's there. At the end of the day, he's benefiting himself on the long term in the long run, right? I get it. I'm not saying that. Um, I'm not saying that. I am saying it's wrong. For me personally, more yeah, I think yeah. It's wrong. But for him, it's not. He's doing the right thing for himself, right? So, um, my point is going. I think it's wrong if the players don't have all the information necessary to make an informed decision. If after a player has, I've talked to guys and said, "This is what they're doing. This is how they do it, and this is how you need to go about navigating to find out if they're taking advantage of you or doing whatever, or whatever." And once they have all that information and they know, they go, "You know what? I'm too lazy. I don't care. Whatever." Yeah. Then at least it's their choice yeah, and they're yeah, making the active decision to do nothing. Once that's your choice, I, you know what I'm saying? No problem. But I think it's morally wrong if I didn't or haven't given you all the honest and truthful information as I have it or as I see it so that you can make your own informed decision. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And I hate to draw this parallel, but, yeah. but I picture a, a, a lawyer with like say a guy's charged with robbery he's on video yep the lawyers the lawyer's still gonna fight for the, the, yes he's not gonna be like ah damn it you got him give him 10 years yeah. he's gonna be like no well this happened when they arrest him this happened so well how about five years plus this and yeah. he's gonna work for the best deal or, or he's yeah, not gonna or be you like didn't read him his miranda rights and you didn't do this so based on that this is all thrown out because yeah. at the end of the day you have a system in place right yeah we might not we might think there's problems with the system and there's things that need to be addressed but that's where we come together we have a conversation we have dialogue and we try to address and fix those issues right do i think it's right that someone gets off because of a technicality even though we know he did it on the on whatever 
I'm going to say no, that's not right, but we all agreed to what the system was before we started. Yeah. Right? So it's like you can't change. If we determine that the winner of the game is whoever scores the most goals, we can't at the end of the game when Barcelona had 99% of possession <laughs> and the other team just countered, attacked once and scored and won the game 1-0 because we don't like the outcome, then go like, Oh no, we give the trophy to them because they played a better style of soccer. Yeah. No. I said that's when that will get us into a whole other thing yeah. where I'm going people go, "Oh, they don't play this game. It's not beautiful. They just kick it long. They just do this." And I go like, "The name of the game is to score more goals than the other team." Yeah. And not use your hands. Yeah. In doing it. That is it. Fundamentally, that's what it is. You might not like their style of play, you might not like their tactics, you might not like blah blah blah, but if they score more goals, they were the better team. Because that is the point of the game, and yeah. that's one that probably a lot of people won't agree on me with the thing. No, it's got to you know, it's got to look a certain way, and there's a feel. Dude, to I'm, me, yeah. I've, I've I've ranted <laughs> on this podcast about that as well, yeah. because of that same thing. You know, pe- people sometimes it seems like on, on the forums, people are more concerned about a new a new scarf design. Yeah, and it's like, yo, <laughs> what does that have to do with? Anything, and, I, and I've said it before. It's like I don't care if these dudes play in a in an unpaved parking lot. Yeah, <laughs> it doesn't matter to me. What matters is that they win the game. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I don't care. You know, at the end of the day, Vaya is beautiful and gorgeous, and I again, I understand yes. the business part of it. Yes, but I don't care. You can be back at Buckshaw. You can take the temporary stands from the other half away. Yeah, and as, as I don't as you, care as long as you win. Yeah, yeah, I would pay the money to for the season ticket. Still, I care about winning. Yeah, the team and yeah. and winning and showing at least that. You're doing the things necessary to try to put your team in the best op- in the best position to win. Because at the end of the day, yeah. not everyone can win, right? Only one team can win the MLS Cup at the end of the year. All those types of things. But you're wanting to make sure that that the team is is doing the best they can, any team or yourself or whatever, to to put yourself in the best position to accomplish your goal or win the task at hand or whatever that is yeah and, i mean yeah no well, yeah i've been at games where yeah. they're the, the blowout losses you know yeah. i give up in the 60th minute yeah. you know <laughs> and and then you guys are out there running around jumping like, like like you're gonna score four goals in in three minutes you know yeah and all people have to go oh they didn't do this right they didn't do that right yeah and i'm driving home like yes it, they lost. That sucks. But that was a one hundred percent full effort. Yep. You know they they the the bounces just just didn't go the the, the way. But they tried. Yeah. You know. Well, they, the only they, thing you can control is your effort, right? Yeah. The only thing you can control is your effort and the and the work that you put in. And and for me, that's anything: business, life, soccer. Right. Yeah. You could you could put a hundred percent of your effort into a game and lose five zero, and you could put a hundred percent of your effort into the game and win five zero, right? But As long as you're putting forth 100% of your effort and trying as hard as you can every time, I can't, we can, we can look at the things for why we might not have won or what could we could do better. We're always looking for ways to improve, right? But I think the best time to look at it is like, if you're not an individual who also looks at what we did wrong when we win, right? You learn the most when you lose. Yeah. Because that's when everyone wants to say, oh, you didn't do this. You should have subbed that. You should have played this. You should have done this for me. You just done this. Okay, well, what about when we won the week before and we didn't do any of that stuff, but we won the game? Which is more valuable or what means more to you? You know what yeah. I mean? Is it just winning or is it accomplishing these goals and winning? 
yeah. or is it accomplishing these goals, right? So you got to you have to be very clear. And this is where I was talking about, like where we were talking about um, being clear with your soldiers, right? And yeah. giving them your proper thing. It's going like, okay, it's almost like a priority list. What do you? What is your priority list with anything? Let's let's use soccer as an example, right? Yeah. Is it more important that you play well or that you win? Right? Yeah. Because you got to choose one. Yeah, yeah. You have to choose one, mm-hmm. right? Um, and then is it is it uh, is it more important that you play a traditional system or one with with you know uh, or um, or new new age one? Is it are you are you more import, are you more is your philosophy more passing or long ball? Right? Yeah. Is it target striker or solo striker or three system? You know what I'm saying? Like you prioritize. The problem that I see, right? Because I find the parallels from my businesses, especially with soccer, I'm, I'm, I'm making a lot more connections as of as of late because I'm seeing shortcomings of certain things and I'm, I'm seeing how I can apply those to my business and testing my ideas. And then I'm seeing them work in my business. I go, oh, okay. I think it'd be the same thing. Yeah. Right? I don't know. I haven't done it. But my whole thing is figure out what your principles are, what you care about, and then prioritize that and then create the message where you're just focused on one thing. And until they've perfected that one thing, then you can move on to adding additional things. It's yeah. not until you perfect one thing, right? I'm a, I had an issue with that. Oh, I'm doing pay-per-click ads, and, you know what I mean, and blogging, and yeah. now a podcast, yeah. and doing video, and doing this, and doing that. And you're going like, well, jack of all trades, master of none, right? Master one, get good at it. Figure out what works, how to how to implement it. Figure out how to teach and convey what it is that you're wanting to do or what you want from the guys, right? And then from there, you can build the culture around it, yeah. right? Like you're saying, your philosophy is win the game. Whether you guys are passing it 100 times, you're kicking it long, or you just score a goal and then defend the whole entire game, I don't give a crap. As yeah. long as at the end of the game, we win, we win yeah. right? That is a philosophy that you can very easily coach around right because then you can you can put players and you can put the players on the field who you feel give you the best opportunity to win yeah win that's yeah, it yeah it's not gonna be anything yeah. other than that right and that way when uh if you you lose a game right you can talk about the things that you think you can do to be, improve or make sure that you win down the down the stretch but there's not the um i'm trying to make it make more sense because i i understand what i'm thinking in my, <laughs> right? In my head right because these if you could get in my head it's well, so clear well, this is what i'm saying yeah are we down are we okay we're, we're, well yeah we're so down we're, to one one bar in the in the oh, battery i don't, I don't oh, know what that means okay so I'll, I'll wrap it up my biggest thing is going when let's say the guys lose if we lose a game i'm just saying in general and you go you're going like oh we didn't we didn't pass enough on this side we didn't do enough of that we didn't look good enough it didn't do this and i'm going like okay well which do you what what do you want right you want to win well sometimes that means we're not going to play pretty soccer right or maybe we don't have the players to play ticky tacky or maybe you know what i mean like the guys in the system that we currently have can't play the style that you want to have right and if we're going to play the style that you want us to play we're going to lose games you know what i'm saying like which is more important playing the style or winning the games so i'm a big proponent of putting people 
um, in their strengths and letting them perform based on their strengths. And if you want to change and do a different system, and this is me talking about like business, right? Yeah. Then you uh, you get new people for that system. You get people who fit the system you want to play. You don't create a system and then put people out of play. You know what I'm saying? Like that's yes, that 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 is that that yeah, that's a that, huge one. Yeah, yeah, you can't really. Well, to me again, going back to the. To, promoting my city yeah the, the downtown is, is redeveloped dude we are going everywhere with this conversation yeah, <laughs> but sometimes i think people try to force it you know like the santana yes. road works beautiful so somebody tries to stuff, stuff a santana road yes it's like no what works with the vibe of your town why don't you learn the people here yeah. why don't you learn the culture why do you learn what they care about and then create a system that facilitates what is already there and what's already happening right me as a 30 year old i'm 30 wow i'm 30 now right actually yeah happy birthday oh, right a couple days ago yeah thank you very much welcome to the 30 club i joined in may (laughs) (laughs) it's going like do i have the capacity to learn new soccer skills and change my game yes i do everyone i think everyone has the ability to get better but to what degree could i change and in how quickly could i honestly think that the assessment of changes who's more likely to make more improvements of change a 16 year old or a 30 year old yeah the 16 year old so for me it's the way I look at it is going, what is Quincy good at now? What is his game? What has he developed? What is he strong at? What is he bad at? Put him in a system yeah. that fits his strengths. Don't put him into a position that doesn't align with his strengths, assuming or thinking he's going to be able to improve or change or grow or whatever. You get what I'm saying? Yeah. Not to say that you can't. I'm not saying that you can. you got to just know yourself and know the, the individuals. I'm just going, which is more likely to get you the results that you want, right? Like, if you've been podcasting and doing that for four years, right, and that's what you're really good at, and then all of a sudden I throw you into um, managing a managing a squad of ten soccer players right now, yeah. you're probably not going to do too well. Maybe I, did. I covered high school soccer for the newspaper, and that was a, way out of my own. But, <laughs> but you get what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. But that's what's happening yeah, to a whole lot of people. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? You're going like. And then you, you, what? You're surprised when they're not doing as well as yeah. they're supposed to. You're like disappointed. Well, we gave you the job of, you know what I mean? Like you're like, dude. Okay, I'm gonna not. I'm gonna try it. I'm gonna do it. I'm not gonna. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah. Yeah, I can write for the kid. Yeah, I'm yeah, 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 yeah. See if it's good or not. <laughs> right. And yeah. give, if I give you enough time, you're gonna figure it out. You're gonna do really well at yeah. it. So I'm a big proponent of giving people enough time to do that but if you honestly know you're not going to be able to give them enough time to learn and implement and grow with what you're giving them then um you're better off putting them in a position where they're more likely in to set up for success so yeah well speaking of time yes I'm, i mean we have plenty i could stay here and do this forever but the battery is my concern so okay. um but anyway i feel we can do this every week, man. It's a, our Starbucks one-hour conversation. Yeah, but no, a- anyway, thanks for doing this. Yeah, no problem. Um, again, well, I definitely have we have way it, more to talk about. Yeah, we'll we'll talk after when when you know when we we stop. I just want to make sure that that we do save this. This yeah. would be a shame if this hour and a half now. Oh yeah, um, were to go away. But again, thanks everybody for listening. Thank thank you, Quincy, for for showing up. And and yeah. Yeah, we'll catch me next week. Yeah. We'll catch you on next no week. And uh, thank you. Yep. <laughs>